Amen. One of my favorite games that I used to play as a little kid was hide-and-seek. Who, who was a fellow hide-and-seek lover with me? Yeah, awesome. And I love playing hide-and-seek. I, 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 I mean, the reality was none of us really liked seeking. We all liked hiding. I mean, you know, obviously there's two people, well, two parts of the game, but we all loved hiding. And I remember I used to, as a little kid, used to love playing this game, and I'd play it with my older brother and with my dad. And my dad used to tell the story about one particular time playing uh, hide-and-seek, and I would have been about three or four years old. And, and dad tells me that, that after about five minutes, so he sent us off. He was the seeker. My brother and I were the hider. And so we had our favorite spots that we'd probably go to every single time, but I thought I'd change it up a little bit and find a new location. And so after about five minutes, my dad tells me that he couldn't find me. And so what he did is he, after another five minutes or so, he was starting to get worried. About 10 minutes after he started looking, and, and he finally found me fast asleep underneath the sink, underneath the kitchen cabinet, sort of, and I'd managed to curl myself up next to like, you know, the, the, the dishwashing liquid and everything else. And, and see, the, the thing that I've discovered as I've got older is I don't love playing hide and seek anymore. Because as an extrovert, I last about 47 seconds before I want to go and find someone to have a conversation. Is anyone else with me? All right, there's four of us extroverts. That's great. That's fine. See, as kids, we love playing hide and seek. We, we love pretending to hide from people. We love trying not to be seen or noticed. But the funny thing is that as we get older, we still somehow find ourselves playing hide and seek. But now we don't always enjoy it. We don't always find it so fun being not seen and being not noticed. So the title of message this morning on Vision Sunday, I mean, this is like, you know, this is like the, the grand final day of kind of the year, but it's actually the start of it. You know, the grand final day, the, the title of message this morning is simply this, help Now, you might be sitting there thinking, Dave, that's a really bizarre title considering what today is. You know, you'd be kind of, what you would think I'd put it up is like, this is Dave's top 10 tips to take over the world for Jesus. You know, it'd be something like that, wouldn't you? You would think that's kind of what I would put on a screen. And yet all week I've been mulling this over and all week I've been having a, a, a conversation slash argument with God because I didn't want to put that on a screen. But I felt God saying in this particular season for our church that this is a word for us. Help, I'm lonely. See, it's, it's true, isn't it, that we can, we can be surrounded by a group of people and yet we can find ourselves really lonely or really alone. You know, it can even be true that we can find ourselves in, in, in amongst of a, a, you know, a community like this of really godly people, and yet we can find ourselves really alone. But 2,000 years ago, there was a group of people that gathered in a room just like this. And they, as they gathered in that room, they gathered because they all felt alone. You see, Jesus, the Son of God, the one that, that put all of the hope and all of the expectation and, and they believed in and dreamed for and everything else, they, 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 Jesus, the Son of God, had been crucified and beaten and hung on a cross and died there. But three days later, he, he rose to life and he appeared not just to them, but he appeared to over 500 different people to prove that he was alive. 
But right here where they gathered in a room just like this with a group of people just like this, they felt alone because Jesus was gone. He left them alone and, and they were uncertain about what was next. And they were fearful about their next steps and they weren't quite sure what was about to do and what they were supposed to do. But they, they gathered in a room just like this with a group of people just like this. And they began to pray and they began to wait. So they began to pray and they began to wait and they prayed a prayer that the church has been praying ever since that moment. And it was simply the prayer that went something like this, God, sorry, come Holy Spirit. And they prayed and they waited and they prayed and they waited. That's why the first Tuesday of every month we've set aside at our campus a night of prayer and worship. And that's coming up in a couple of days or a couple of nights time, 7 till 8 o'clock. And can I encourage you and challenge you this year just to make one night free, one night during the week on a Tuesday night, the first Tuesday of every month as we come together, we worship and we pray and we stand together and simply pray, come Holy Spirit. Acts 2 records what happened as they gathered in a room just like this, with a group of people just like this. And Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all what? Together in one place. And suddenly the sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed like tongues of fire that that hold on. Tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. So here we find, you know, they're gathering together in a room just like this with a group of people just like this. And they began to pray a prayer, come Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came. But this isn't where it stopped. This isn't where it finished. In fact, towards the end of, of chapter 2, it goes on to explain this is what happened as a result of the coming of the Holy Spirit that, that came on a group of people in a room just like this with a group of people just like this. And it says this in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and a breaking of bread and prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all of the believers were what? Together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who in need. Every day they continued to meet what? Together in the temple courts. And they broke bread in their homes and they ate what? Together. Hey, this is good. We're getting there. And they ate with gladness and sea hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their, num their, their number daily those who were being saved. C can you imagine with me? Can you imagine what it must have been like to be sitting in that room when this thing happened? Could you imagine what it must have been like to live that kind of lifestyle and that kind of life with other people around you. I mean, how much harder would it have been to be lonely in a situation, in a place just like that? See, loneliness isn't God's plan for your life. 
Because if we go all the way back to the start of the Bible, we click past the book of contents, past the maps, and we get to Genesis chapter 1, and we find that God creates everything. And He stops and He, he creates, creates the world, and the moon, the planets, the stars, the skies. He creates the, the plants and the water, and then He starts beginning with all of the different animals, and then He gets to, to, gets to, to, to mozzies and flies, and honestly, why? I don't know. Anyway, let's keep going. You know, and so he gets all of this stuff, and every single time he he creates something, he sits back, and I don't know how it would have. I mean, this is what if it was me, this, I would have got like a reclining chair, put my feet back, looked at what I'd made, and he just goes, and it's good. And then and then he so he, one after another, he makes all these things, and he keeps saying it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. But then we flick the page over, we go to page two, chapter two. And we read where God looks at something he's made and he says, it's not good. Why does God say it's not good? What does he say? Who is he saying about? What, what was the search? Well, God says it's not good because he looks down at Adam who's hanging out by himself with some mozzies and some flies. And he looks at him and it says, it's not good for man to be alone. See, loneliness isn't God's plan for your life. But isn't it true that we can be surrounded by a group of people and feel really alone? Isn't it true that we can, we can be surrounded by a group of godly people like this? Don't look at the person next to you. And we can feel really alone. See, this is the challenge for the church, but it's also the challenge for our church. See, and I reckon the last couple of years have magnified this stuff. I mean, remember, remember 2020, the year where we corporately all want to never talk about and never remember. When never, it's you know, if I was a, if I was a history teacher, I'd like ban that from all of the history books. But anyway, that's just me. You know, and, and remember 2020, the year of isolation and lockdowns and anxiety and loneliness. And remember the year where we fought over these. All right, ready? Ready? There's one over there. One over there. Stefana's good catch. Now, just stop. That's like 50 bucks back in the day, remember? Remember what it was like? I was getting texts from people at church. Dude, I got some for you. Got some supplies. This is Logan. I mean, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, no, I'll give it to you after church. I'm like, all right. I'm like, do you need cash? Cash or card? Like, I don't know what this, I don't even know. Yeah, and that, that turned out with like a six pack of toilet paper. Remember the moments where we were like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, it was like toilet paper. I remember walking down the supermarket, and I remember seeing someone sneeze. And they were like, they were walking down this aisle, and we all went, like, we're all like, like you know. Like, you know. I remember, I remember seeing someone sneeze and everyone freaked out. It was like people exiting the aisle and like they didn't do a fluff or anything. It was just a sneeze. And, you know, and, 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 and remember 2020 was the year where we started looking suspicious at each other for absolutely no reason. And some of you do look suspicious normally. No, I'm kidding. He's <laughs> here, an agent. But last year for our church was a rebuilding year. A rebuilding year after a group of people left and then people came and regular people became irregular and 
And then new people came, and there was new faces around the place. And I was just praying this week, going, God, what are you doing in the midst of everything as we walk into a brand new year? And I felt God comfort me and say this to me and to you and to us. Look up and look out for a new day dawns. I don't know what that means for you this morning. I don't know what that looks like for you. To be able to look up and look out because a new day dawns. Church, as, a, as your pastor and as a friend to a lot of you, I want to challenge you as firmly as I can. I want to challenge you this year with three things. Three things that we see happen in the early church, in the book of, two church, book of Acts 2 church. You know, where, where, where we see them modeling it and we see them doing it and we see how, how when the Holy Spirit came and they did this stuff, it changed their lives, it changed their world, and we are sitting in the result of what they started all the way back then, the church. And I want to challenge us with three things this year. Number one, get regular. And I'm not talking about buying a bag of all bread. Get regular to church. See, I don't know, but I don't know why, but like 2020 resulted in all of us becoming irregular in a whole lot of things, me included. 2023 is the year where I sense just God's just said, I just want you to come back to me. You know, in, in, the, in the book of Hebrews, uh, Paul says these words. He says, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as they see the day approaching. See, church, I want to challenge you this year to make church and come to church a priority. Now, please listen to me. This is not about more bums on seat, because as we've seen for the last three or four weeks, we're getting very, very full. You know, the team's running around putting chairs here and chairs up the back, and we're squishing people, and you're sitting next to people and, and everything else. And, and, and this is not about mums on a seat. It's not about numbers or any of that type of stuff, but it's about creating a space where we can go, we want to come to encounter the living God together. We're going to rub shoulders with people who are different to us together so that we can pursue God with all of our hearts together. Young families, I want to talk to you in particular. I want to say, you know what, being in church for your kids' sake and your teenagers' sake is so important. It doesn't always work out how we want with our kids. But trying to set up the firm foundations for them is so important. And it's why one of the things that we're going to have to do this year, and this morning is another living, breathing example of it, is at some point we're going to have to go to two services because we want to keep reaching people far from Jesus with the good news of Jesus, Yeah. We don't want to just do church for us. We want to create a place where anyone and everyone is welcome, regardless of your background or what you've done. We want to create a place where if you don't even know Jesus, you can come here and you can find a community of people that deeply love Jesus and they deeply love you. And we want to give an opportunity for everyone and everyone to make a decision every single week. Second challenge I want to challenge you with is to get into a life group. See, as we read the book of Acts, chapter 2, keeps talking about how they met together. They met in homes, and they would, they would do life together. And, they, and it says they had everything in common. In other words, they shared all of their lives with each other, all of the highlight moments and all of the moments when Dave gets it wrong quite regularly. And my life groups know that. 
you know, and they came together and they shared that they were, you know what, they were messed up, jacked up and screwed up, but that's okay because when we all come together, God begins to do something in our midst. When we all come together and we share about our journeys, the highlights, but also the challenges, we've got people to stand amongst us and walk alongside of us. See, they found that when they couldn't, there was someone else in their life group in their community that could. You know, it talks about how they sold stuff so that they could give money and give resource and give opportunity to be able to give so that other people could have something. See, life group is not just about something we talk about as a good idea. It's something that I'm vitally, in fact, I know that is one of the most important things that I and my family do. See, they realized that they couldn't do it alone. And I realize I can't do it alone. And I know that you can't do it alone. Even when you look at me now going, no, but I think I can. I can guarantee you can't. So I want to challenge you this year to get into a life group. I want to challenge you in front of, the, in front of your seats is a little QR code. You can scan that. And on there is a little link. And you click it. It's a little piece of technology. Remember the links, that we, the QR codes that we all had to do a couple of years ago? the same, oh, it's actually not the same thing, but anyway, so you can scan it and you can jump on and you can join a life group. Nate's going to be up, up out the back at the end of the service and he's got some, some booklets and some, some sign-up sheets and you can, he, we're going to give you opportunity to find a place to join a life group. But can I do something courageous? Can I get all of the life group leaders in our church, those who were life group leaders last year, those who have put their hand up to be life group leaders this year, can you just stand up for one quick sec and I want to illustrate something. We need a lot more life group leaders. Tim, awesome. And you know what? I want to say thank you to all of these people. You know, I watch a life group that meets in the parents' room every Wednesday morning. And they jam-pack that room full of people. And I was going to put photos, but for fear of dying from some older people, I thought I won't. And, 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 And so can I thank you guys for putting your hands up to lead. Now, you might be sitting there going, you know what, you can all sit down now. You might be thinking, you know what, I don't like the looks of any of those people. Great. (laughs) Go start your own group. No, seriously. After church, go get a cup of coffee. Go find two or three other people, four other people, whatever. And go, hey, I feel really challenged this morning. I need to start a life group. Go and ask some people. All I can say is no. I've had some crazy people say yes, and they've been part of my life group for the last couple of years. Go and start a life group where you can find a place where you're loved and valued and seen. See, sometimes life groups don't work. And that's okay. They've all got a lifespan. They, they don't always work. And, and yet, what I find interesting, I get people go, you know, I tried a life group one time and, it, and, I, and, I, and it didn't work, so I'm not going to try another one. Now, after church... A bunch of us are going to go jump in our cars and drive to a local supermarket. We're going to go and buy some food for lunch, and we're going to go and sit with whoever and have some lunch. Now, at no point has this thought, well, hopefully, ever gone into our head and through our mouth. We've, we've encountered some bad customer service in a local supermarket, and we've thrown our hands up and go, that's it! I'm never going back to the supermarket again. Because there was that one time back in 1983 when I was four years old and they looked at me funny and some people pinched me on the cheek and I'm never going back to the supermarket. Now you would all look at me and you're doing what you're doing, laughing on the outside or the inside, thinking I'm crazy. You know what? Sometimes life groups don't work. 
and you need to try a different one. Scan the QR code. And lastly, I invite you, encourage you, challenge you to get into a team. Acts 2 talks about how this community of people got around each other and served and supported one another. And what I found interesting is it's, it's hard to be lonely when you're standing serving next to someone. I walked in church this morning and I looked in the, looked in the kitchen and there was a couple in there. One of them whose birthday may be today. Happy birthday, Jury. <laughs> 62 years young today. You're going to kill me after the service, but that's fine because I'm up here. And I watched this couple get around a bunch of other people in the, in the hospitality in, in the kitchen. And I watched them laugh together. And I watched them share their stories in their life together. I watched them have a ball together as they just... They're making us all cups of tea and coffee and getting the biscuits and getting everything sorted. And I, and I watch the joy on their faces that they don't have to, but they want to come together. There's a whole lot of different ways you can get involved in different areas. From kids, to youth, to hospitality, to welcome, to men's, to women's, to property, to one of my personal favorites, the coffee cart, which is getting there. It'll be out and happening and functioning very, very soon whole bunch of different ways and you can scan the QR code sound like an ad it's not an ad it's an encouragement it's a challenge this year let's get involved together because loneliness isn't God's plan for your life December 3rd 2015 I wrote this letter it was my resignation letter at my old church church where we'd served at for seven years, a, a place where we had found community and connection like we've never found before or hadn't found at that point before. We, 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 we sensed that God was calling us to a new season, and I remember saying as I was writing this, or felt God saying and putting on my heart that it's time to close the door, and we've got to close this door for then God to open the next one. And in July 23, 2016, we closed that door and we left that church and we left the community of people that we did life with. You know, we went camping trips with these people, we went fishing, well, I did talking, they did fishing, I ate their fish, but you get them there. You know, we, we went to sport together, we did life together, we'd drink coffee together, they would drink tea, I would drink more coffee. We would hang out and we would connect and we would share about the, the deepest, hardest parts of our walks and our lives. We would open God's word together. We would pray and support one another. And, and, and on the, the 23rd of, of, July, I'm sorry, of January 2016, we walked away from that community, a place where I was super connected and I found myself all of a sudden super lonely. And I had no one to help me up and I fell down. And I felt desperately lonely, and I had Shadi, and I had the kids, and, and had my Savior, but, but apart from those people in my life, I had no one else. And if I was completely honest, I, I left that season feeling incredibly and desperately lonely. And I would wake up every morning, and I would go through my days with a whole lot of dark places and dark thoughts, and I, and I would wake up, and I would drag myself to a job that I didn't want to do, and I would yell at God on the way to work, and I would say, help, I'm lonely. 
and I would sit in my car before work, sometimes, with, and I know this is going to shock you, with tears streaming down my face because I felt lonely and there was no one around me. And I felt like we we're in a season, a gap season between what was yet to come and yet what was we, where we were. But there was one thing apart from God and apart from my family that got me through. See, in 2014, we started a life group in that church. And when we finished up in that church, our life group finished up too. But there was one guy who wouldn't give up on me. And I'm not looking in his direction because I see this. He was a guy that stood with me. He was a guy that did the journey with me. He was a guy that walked alongside. We'd sit at the back of his place and we'd have a can of Coca-Cola, which wasn't Coca-Cola, but I didn't work for church, so it was fine. Uh, <laughs> and we'd share about the deepest, darkest places of what, what was going on in our lives. And he was someone that walked alongside me when, when our community disbanded. He was someone who stood with me. He was he was one of the only persons that believed in the dream that God had called us to. He was one of the only ones that would said, hey, you know what? We're going to sell our house and we're going to sacrifice a whole bunch of stuff because of the dream that God's put on your heart and we're going to leave and be part of it with you guys. See? This is why, church, I know that loneliness isn't God's plan for our lives. This is why I know that God didn't create us to do life at our own, but he, he created us to do life in community so that when we can't, someone's there with us to hold our hands up, to lift us up and go, you know what, you can't, but I can. And I'm here with you. And when you lack, I'm going to give you a little bit so that you can do what you need to do. See, I know this is why God's plan for our lives isn't for us to be lonely. See, in that upper room, back in Acts, there was a group of people who gathered together in a room just like this, with a group of people just like this, with one dream and one prayer and a whole lot of uncertainty. And they simply prayed a prayer, Holy Spirit, come. And they gathered together. They gathered together in a room just like this with a group of people just like this with one prayer, come Holy Spirit. And look what happened. It changed their lives and it changed the community. And why do I know it changed their lives in the community? Because look what happened to their, look what they did with their money, look what they did with their time, and look what they did with their lives. They gave it all away as they prayed the prayer, come Holy Spirit Church. Praying this prayer is going to cost us something, somewhere, somehow. It is going to force us to get out of our comfort zones and go, I, you know what, this is something different than maybe what I've experienced before. And I'm not sure about all of but, but God, I'm going to trust you and I trust what you are doing. And as we pray, come Holy Spirit, my prayer is that God will change us together. My prayer is we pray this prayer, come Holy Spirit, that God will move us together. God will begin to do something in us together. God will begin to stretch us together and grow us together. And, and, and I want to get really practical for a second. There's a couple of things that we're going to start to do this year as a church. I've asked you personally to, 
to, to, to get regular, to join, to get into a life group, to, to get into a team. And this year, as a church, we're, we're starting, or we've started at the end of last year, a, a group on a Tuesday morning called Connect and Play. And our kids' building is now on a Tuesday morning, jam-packed full of kids and mums and dads who bring their kids along, some who don't actually come to our church. Some from the local community who went, I've been looking and hungering and dying for something like this, and I'm so glad you started it. So we're going we're gonna to begin a little group called Connect and Play. It's going to meet every Tuesday morning. Uh, also, as of this Thursday, we've had a dream in our heart for a long time that as Gateway, we've got a, a ministry called Gateway uh, Counseling Center. Incredible. It's the Australia's largest private counseling center. And so we're, we're on the, the journey of one day hopefully sooner rather than later, having our very own Gateway Counseling Center here. But as of Thursday this week, every Thursday morning, or sorry, every fortnight at the moment, every fortnightly Thursday morning, does that make sense? We'll just go with that. We're going to open up and be able to, you can book in and see your professional counselors and be able to get some help in some areas where we all desperately need it. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about our first ever Logan Church Camp opportunity to be able to get away together. For some, it's going to be really easy. We love to do this. For others, it's like, you know what, my version of camping is like in a hotel somewhere. Christmas Creek's kind of like that, <laughs> just with more grass. But it's an opportunity for us to gather together, rub shoulders together, hang out, eat together, laugh together, cry together. It's going to be a powerful time together, 5th to 7th of May. Bring your own gear or we've got gear that you can borrow. And the last thing we're going to do, Jace talked about, is we're launching something that's, my prayer is it will not just connect us, but connect us as gateway. It's called our Move Conference, an opportunity to be able to gather all together in one place to worship one God and to, be, to grow and challenge and realize that this, we are more than just what you look around in this room this morning. This morning, there's five other campuses, six including us, doing the same thing this morning. All talking about a heart's cry that simply says, come Holy Spirit. There's hundreds and thousands of people around our city right now gathering together under the gateway umbrella to say, you know what, we want to. We're hungry for God. Last year, Judy, our youngest, did, uh, they did uh, some stuff at school where they, where they were uh, making Mother's Day presents. And so Jude thought he would make his mum a pot where he spent extensive time, you know, decorating and drawing more flowers on a pot that would hopefully get flowers. And I'm not really sure what that is, but it's something. It's a, it looks like an egg with squiggles on it. That one looks like a thunderstorm with someone running around. I don't know, but, it, but it's, it's from Jude. And so he spent significant time and effort making this and, and crafting it and everything else. And so what he would thought is that he would, he would give this to his mom on Mother's Day. I remember watching Shadi's face as, as she gave this, or as Jude gave this to her. You know, it's something simple, yet for Shadi, it was something profound. And, and, and Shadi didn't real, realize the amount of effort and the time that had gone into it. And so... Sorry, Max, I broke the speaker. Yeah, I'm fine. The speaker. <laughs> speaker wasn't. And all the people had a heart attack. At least I woke everyone up. 
in all honesty, Jude didn't make this for Shay's Mother's Day, but Jude did draw it on this last night. So uh, there is going, he's such a bad dad. Sometimes. Just kidding, this wasn't Shadi's Mother's Day present. I did fill it up and I did steal a couple of branches out of the bushes on the way in. See, at the beginning of a brand new year, maybe you feel a little bit like this pot, a little bit broken, a little bit lonely. You've been through a lot. And you just want to start a brand new year and you've got some dreams and you've got some hopes. Maybe you feel a little isolated this morning after the past few years. But I just sense that God this morning is saying, you're not the only one who feels broken and isolated. See, the prophet Isaiah penned these words a long time before Jesus was ever born. He said, we despised him and rejected him. He endured suffering and pain. No one would ever look at him. We ignored him as if he was nothing. But because of your sins, he is wounded, beaten because of the evil we did. But we are healed by the punishment he suffered. We are made whole by the blows he received. See, this morning you might feel broken and fractured. You might feel empty like this. You might feel like no one sees. You might feel like you know what, if one more thing happens, I'm going to experience a heartache and heartbreak. And although you might feel broken, you might feel isolated after the past couple of years, God brought you here this morning. Because I don't know everyone's story. But God brought you here to, to, to remind you that you're not alone. And just like in the book of Acts, when a group of people gathered in a room just like this, just like you, and they saw the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came and he brought a community of people together that were just like you in a room, just like this. So on the way out this morning, we've got a, a gift for you. There are any about the back and there is some down the front. I want you to invite you to take it. To remember this moment, to realize that all of us feel broken, lonely, fractured, but that's not God. what God wants for us. That you might feel like a broken, lonely pot, but you aren't supposed to stay that way because in the hands of the potter, you are special. In the hands of the potter, you are valuable. In the hands of the potter, you are magnificently and wonderfully made. And that when all of the pieces of the puzzle could come together, that God is putting us all together. When the Holy Spirit comes, it begins to join one piece with another piece and another piece with another piece and a broken piece with another broken piece and a fractured piece with another fractured piece and a lonely piece with another lonely piece. And all of a sudden, God begins to move and God begins to do the thing we could never do. And so we don't say, help, I'm lonely. Zach's too. There's a story of a group of people just like this, in a room just like this, different sizes, shapes, ages, and colors. But they came together, and what unified them was one thing, was a hunger and a desire for the living God. And they came together and said, come Holy Spirit, and He came and He changed the world. 
So what I want to do this morning is, as we conclude this service, I'm going to invite us all this morning to pray a simple prayer that we've all, that for centuries the church has been praying. It's a really, really simple one, and I'm, I'm a simple man, and even I can remember it. Come, Holy Spirit.